We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk Out of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Eurostat Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. Joyfully, I am your host, Numak. Coming back to you in your podcast feeds after a 23-20 win as the Packers upset the L.A. Chargers. I almost did it. Lovely co-host, Jordan. How are you doing? <laughs> doing very well. Doing very, very well. The Packers won. Um, I like talking about the Packers after a win rather than talking about the Packers after a loss. It can't be beat. <laughs> That's me, too. I love it. I love it. It was so much fun today as uh, Jordan Love, Jaden Reed, Dontavion Wicks, um, even A.J. Dillon, and a lot of the other artists on the offense, and we'll get into the defense as well, just had a, a phenomenal day. But yeah, that the score sums it up, 23-20. Um, Packers come back after going down, I believe it was late in the fourth or midway through the fourth. Um, and just overall, a great game today. Second week in a row where... I guess rather third week in a row where the offense didn't seem like it was chorful or I know that we, we decided that chorful wasn't a word. Um, laborious. I think that was an offline conversation. That was an offline. <laughs> it was an offline conversation. <laughs> chorful, not a word to, uh, to my chagrin, but regardless, the offense itself just looks good. Sure. They're leaving some, some, uh, 
things to be desired and not being a perfect offense, but they're young. And at least we're seeing development, right? Like, man, I'll let you get into it, but Jordan Love, 27 and 40, 322 yards and two touchdowns today. What'd you think? First Packers quarterback to throw over 300 yards in 27 games. Kind yeah. of says it all right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers surely needed every one of them because they, by the end of today, they had one healthy running back on their roster. Um, We're going to get into it. I'm going to be very sad for like five minutes. Yes, yes, yes we will. A seance, if you will. Um, yeah, Jordan Love, again, this is three straight games of really showing improved, uh, just game managing, making throws, really spreading it out. I thought the poise that we've seen in, you know, fits and spurts kind of thing, it's starting to get, it's starting to extend for multiple drives. It's not just these glimpses. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he had the game ball for a reason because not just authoring the the comeback drive, but I just thought how we've seen or believed that we've seen more improvement from the offense the last couple of weeks or last few weeks, I should say. Jordan Love is at the center of that. It has come, whether there's been Aaron Jones on the field, AJ Dillon, Manny Wilson for a couple snaps. It he is the 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 guy, <laughs> the straw, the straw that stirs the drink. Like he's just making it all work. And I thought even with some, you know, not the best uh protection sometimes, even with the Chargers having Joey Bosa get her on the first drive of the game. I thought Jordan Love really kind of just stood stood up and made plays consistently. And, I, you know, again, it just all speaks in the box score today, which thankfully uh, reflects very well on what Jordan Love can do and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christian Watson said after the game that, quote, I just think he's proving us all right about Jordan Love, uh, end quote. So it, I think it really does matter to the rest of the locker room that he's coming into form and does look so much better than he had during that four game stretch. I think this is closer to what Jordan love will be as a, like a football player. I think he's moving into what he might look like just for however long he, he plays, but mm-hmm. the San Diego defense again, like good defense, no turnovers today for the Packers. I don't think they even had like a fumble or no, Jordan love had a fumble, but they got back on top of it. Zach Tom did, but like you said, Joey Bosa going down is unfortunate for the Chargers team, and he was in a walking boot on crutches later in the game, so serious injury for him. Um, but Cleo Mack still had his way at times with uh, Rashid Walker and Yash Nyman, so yes. to see Jordan Love stand in there as well as he did today, he had, he had some bad sacks where he should have gotten rid of it or stepped up sooner or just not taken the sack when he did, but man, as far as throwing the ball goes... Like we said, 322 yards and two touchdowns, 108.5 uh, passer rating. Like that's just that's just good. And I think that the happiest thing that that I saw, I guess the thing that I was the most happy about, was the types of throws he was making today. Like there wasn't a whole lot of deep shots. There was a few, but not too many. And a lot of it was over the middle. They got some had some throws out wide and. Um, like some that are short in the flat, but other than that, for all intents and purposes, it looked really good as to where he was targeting players 
and what was available to him through Jaden Reed, through Dontavian Wicks, and through the other um, other receivers like Luke Musgrave and, and so on and so forth. But I, I, just, I just think that that was the the best thing to come out of watching Jordan Love's game was that it just wasn't all deep. I'm looking at um, at his, his spray chart for the game against the uh, the Chargers today, and there's a lot of green over the middle, like between five yes. between five to twenty yards. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten ish completions in that middle of the field range that are ahead of the line of scrimmage. Like that's that's good stuff. That's really where that he should be targeting. And both of his touchdowns, or I guess two of his touchdowns. I should say both because it was both of them. Um, one was 18 yards. The other one was just over uh, 25. Um, so th- that's good. He's hitting on those semi-deep balls. He had two misses deep, one of 34-ish yards and one near 50. So that is obviously something you'd like to see short up. But, man, there's a lot of green on this this uh, passing chart today, and a lot of it is in the area of the field that we have talked about over the last few weeks that really – leads to success from Jordan Love as evidenced by today's win. Yeah, I, I thought it was a kind of synergy where he's making these great throws, certainly in the middle of the field, taking advantage of zone coverages and finding the, the gaps where you know receivers are running their routes. I also just thought between what we saw uh, pretty much from every receiver today, every receiver that caught a ball from Jordan Love made plays well after the catch. And uh, or point of contact, whatever you want to call it, from you know a net passing yard angle. Christian Watson, we certainly had talked about him a lot lately. He got off the schneid with at least a touchdown and on a brilliant uh, play design uh, that they talked about after the game that wasn't even in the game plan. It was drawn up by the tight ends coach um, during the game. Romeo Dobbs making some... Like obviously the the you know clinching touchdown, vintage love Dobbs. If we can already say that in the first year that they've worked together, the the signal, <laughs> the hand signal that Romeo Dobbs gave Jordan was so pretty. Just yeah. like hey, I'm running right here. Please yep. throw it. And it was oh, <laughs> it was so good. Like it was just we, beauty. We saw we saw him and their love trying to connect to Dobbs on a deep bomb, which is not usually his forte. Uh, didn't work out in that instance, but I, I thought. That was, you know, obviously a good connection. Dontavion Wicks, very, very intrigued by him. I, I didn't realize he got hurt in the second half and was evaluated for concussion, which, again, that's going to be on a short week. We'll have to take, uh, pay attention to that. But lead receiver in terms of yards today with, uh, I believe, 93 or 91. Um, 91. Again, really good game from him. Uh, Tucker Kraft nearly had a touchdown, but really showed off and really his first couple meaningful catches, right? I haven't, yeah, he hasn't really been on the board, uh, or the box score. Uh, Luke Musgrave, great again, but yeah, I think I'm burying the lead here because I, I, it, it goes into our next kind of big figure of today's game, but. I just thought Jaden Reed was kind of the uh, catalyst for just how this offense really looked today and how it was humming for a large portion of today. Yeah, absolutely. Jaden Reed, four catches, 46 uh, yards, 
three carries of 46 yards, so 92 total yards of offense on the day. That's quick maths for you, by the way. There you go. Um, leading rusher. Leading rusher. Um, and no small thanks to both Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson going down. We'll get to those again in a minute. We have to have our moment of silence momentarily. But yeah, Jaden Reed has really become a rookie that, that's shining in this in this offense. Um, I, I dare draw comparisons for uh, fear of retribution from the Packers fans community of what happens next year, but eerily similar to how Christian Watson's uh, rookie year went. Like kind of quiet through the first part of the season, had some some plays, was mostly being used as a gadget receiver, and then the offense learns how to use him properly, and now he's really coming alive. That's not to say that's not to say he's still not being used as a gadget receiver on end arounds and things like that, but I think he has the ability for that just as Christian Watson did last year. But I think they're starting to see the value in him as a pass catcher, and that he's finding the soft spots in the zone, he's finding the soft spots in the man coverage. And is just really playing out of his mind. Um, three catches on, um, I'm sorry, four catches on six targets. His long being 19, but I think everybody, at least in the in the Discord, uh, brief interruption, join the GSPN Discord at gspn.info. It's a lot of fun in there as always. But just everybody was in there that was saying, "Hey, feed Jaden Reed. Like, just keep finding ways to get him the ball." similar in vain to how we want Aaron Jones fed all the time. Like I think Jaden Reed is blossoming as one of the premier receivers on this team and putting his name in there for being the number one, being the number two receiver on this team and just running away with it. I think he just, that today is one of those examples of the games building off of games he's had in previous weeks of really becoming that leader um, position wise, I guess, talent wise in the wide receiver room. Yeah. I, I think Again, we it, it's kind of how we talked about the the Christian Watts of it all of of getting manufacturing touches to utilize a really good skill set. If you're talking about Christian Watson, which we've seen in more so last year than this year, Jay Reed, on the other hand, we've seen this litter throughout the year where Falcons game he gets his first touchdown on a similar kind of jet sweep kind of play. Just sees daylight. I, granted, a shorter field, but today that rushing touchdown helped by huge blocks. Malik Heath had a couple of blocks today, like under. He'll have like he didn't really show up on the 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 stat sheet outside of having his first catch of the year. But I thought he made some big plays in terms of just his blocking and f- jumping or freeing up guys like Jaden Reed and um, Love making a throw in the fourth quarter to free up a i think that was a dpi call on asante samuel yep um um yeah dante vion wicks had a or i think it was wicks not heath but i'm not entirely sure i'll double wicks, check wicks was the intended receiver but malik heath like chipped oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Chipped, yeah you know, chipped chipped the block on that play yes, yes my apologies yeah, yeah. my apologies um but going back to you <laughs> i just thought like we saw We've seen this before. We've seen this in moments of like, okay, we know what he can do in the slot. We know what he can do in terms of just like give him a good, you know, open field cushion defensively. He'll make plays and make, you know, find his gaps. Drops have been an issue, but today was nearly a perfect performance in terms of, you know, holding on to the ball, catching the ball, everything like that. I just thought the way that he kind of, you know, it's it happens on a 36-yard touchdown run or whatever it was. 
and just jumpstarted the offense in a very palpable way. It was, it's one of those things where, okay, the Chargers have to react to that and we have to, you know, we can't just let that slide. And it opened up everything else for Dobbs, Dante Van Wicks, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, everybody just having the field tilted in that way where how we're talking about like, okay, do they have a number one? Do they have, you know, all this stuff. It's kind of elevating on their, on their own where they could go to all these different options. And it's, this is the equal opportunity offense that we have <laughs> lamented a lot of, of it working, but it, it hopefully like we can see this as a blueprint of how the Packers can operate in the future. That same equal opportunity offense that the 2011 Packers had. I'm rehashing. I'm 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 I, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I'm reviving it from the dead. But if the, I, again, just the the most enormous pink Himalayan salt block that you can that like that size grain that you can imagine. It has the the makings of that type of offense where you have playmakers at every position that can go out and catch the ball and make plays downfield or explosive plays. Like that's just the way it's shaping up at the moment. And I think Jaden Reed is going to be a big part of that moving forward. Like he's he's only a rookie and he continues to get better. And I think Jordan Love said it in his post game interview that it was evident from when Jaden Reed came in as like came in during um minicamp just wanting to get better and being that that rookie that is paying attention as to ways he can improve and paying attention to the game plan and is always locked in and i think we saw that in camp we saw that um just throughout his career thus far this season that he really is going to be i think something special yeah i again it's why they drafted him so highly this year and it's it's very reassuring to see kind of these rookies really hit the ground running and start to kind of find their feet now because we're more than halfway through the season. They know the offense. They're getting comfortable. They're, this the, the flashes that we're seeing, now it's starting to gain steam, get consistency. There's surely, as you mentioned, there are things to get better with this offense. But I think it helps knowing that in time they can utilize someone like Jaden Reed and just getting him the ball in different ways that can kind of get back to that unpredictability that they want to get out of the offense because it surely will help them if they keep, you know, putting to putting performances together like this. Right. And I think this is a good opportunity for us just to transition into the, the rest of the receivers on this team that, that did both today. And I think I want to start with the rookies still, like they they just did so well that it's it's hard to start with anybody else. Look at Dontavian Wicks, three catches on five targets for ninety one yards. Had so many so many yards after the catch today. Like you think about averaging thirty yards a catch, that that's quite insane. Um, I'm trying to find. I thought I had it from Peter Bukowski, but I must have missed it. Um, I believe it was Peter that reported that. Dontavian Wicks is the first Packers player in a in a time in quite some time to ha- to have three catches of twenty five yards or more in a game. It might be out track. I'm, I'm trying to find it, but he's just ha- he just had such a 
I'm sorry, it's Aaron Nagler. Over the last 45 seasons, Dontavian Wicks is the only Packers rookie with three receptions of 25 yards plus in a game. My apologies. That's per Elias Sports Bureau. So it kind of tracks, given that the Packers rookie receivers haven't really been um, involved that much in the Favre and Rodgers eras because of the competitiveness, the competitors that they were and that they've had established receivers there, whether it be Javon Walker, Antonio Freeman, Jordan Nelson, Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams, anybody, James Jones, anybody. There wasn't really anybody, a, a rookie that was coming and having this type of impact. And so seeing him have that impact right away, especially, now I'm going to trip myself up. He was not undrafted, right? He he was... He was fifth rounder. Yeah, fifth rounder. I was like, I was going to call him undrafted for free agent, but that's Malik Heath, who yes. also had his first career reception today. Yes, he did. But you go look at... Dontavian Wicks having that impact with Jaden Reed, and it looks so bright for the young guys on this team. That's not even to, I guess we'll talk about Luke Musgrave in a minute, but I guess what did you think of Dontavian Wicks as, I guess, game breakout game today and just how he's responded this season so far? 24 snaps. I'll tell you that's from PFF. 24 snaps on the day. Uh, I'm looking at the stat, 18.2 yards per target. That's so good. That just shows you he's... When he gets the ball, the guy creates offense on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's increasingly becoming too big to ignore. I don't know how they'll get him more snaps. You know, they already have a. We're looking at Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed. They obviously have Luke Musgrave out there. Dontavian Wicks is wide receiver four right now, but the guy makes plays. He makes big plays on top of that. If he's healthy, and obviously the concussion part is a big, you know, uh, note that we can't forget, but it's not just about getting more snaps, about just utilizing him in the game plan because, you know, he needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to be. Like he's he certainly has something with Jordan Love already, and they have, you know, we've seen him. And the other thing, the other thing too, as much as he's you know creating offense, um, you know, after the catch and everything like that, he's a big fast guy that also generates DPIs. This is the second game this year, maybe third. Um, obviously the Falcons game, we can go back to that opening drive where he gets a huge def- <laughs> pass interference call go his way. Right. And it, today was even bigger because of just how obviously the time uh, it happened during the game. Um, and it was a third and 20. So it's literally make or break that drive deep in their own field. Yep. Um, yeah, I just thought Wicks really he's what looks like a hidden gem is becoming not so hidden anymore. This guy is legitimately good and I just want to see more of him play. Oh, absolutely. I think I and your to your point about trying to find places for um and targets for Dontavian Wicks, as crappy as it is to to bring this up, I think he just might be taking Christian Watson's targets. He had more targets than Christian Watson today. He had. He did. Dontavian Wicks. Not three for five. Not, and, uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it was it was very helpful or like easy to see on the during the game. Oh yeah, I don't think Christian Watson had a target until like the second half. It felt like he had at the, least. there was the deep bomb that they missed. No, that was not. No, sorry. that was Watson. But I think that, that was, was second too. half. Yeah, and so Dontavian Wicks was getting mixed in early and and. It's not to say that I'm happy that Christian Watson is not getting target, targeted, but 
I think Dontavian Wicks is doing a lot more with his opportunities than Christian Watson. He's getting he's getting open more. Like I think that's a hot hand. Right. I think that's as simple as it is, is he's just getting open more. And it would it be nice if all of them could get open and Jordan Love could just pick his fancy if he wants to throw to it on any given play, of course. But that's not obviously the nature of how football works. And good for Christian Watson, two catches on four targets and a touchdown today on that drawn up play by tight end coach uh, John Dunn. But I think just seeing him get mixed in more and get open more will lead to him getting his targets back. But for now, unless if if he can't go, he'll have another week to go to go get it. But at this point, I'm riding Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed into the into the future for a, quite some time now. Yes, yes, I I just yeah, it, it, I again we'll we'll see how that changes going forward in terms of Chris Watson had the touchdown today and again, great play design, but I, I don't know. I don't know how it, it can't We're having it, the same thought. Yeah. It production production has to be there and your quarterback is getting better by the week at this point. Mm-hmm. We'll see how LeFleur and, and coaching staff kind of handle these snap counts and just, you know, it's not even just snap counts. It's, the routes that are run, what yeah. are they, what play designs are they using these players for? Because that Tavian Wicks is getting more featured in there, and Christian Watson, we know that they'll do the deep shot every once in a while, but can they do it in a way where it's not just always that? And yeah. hopefully, you know, success is there. Yeah. Um, touching on Jaden one more time before we move on. Um, I think I think Mark Sanchez is on the game today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he was, for one, this is an, this is not the point I was trying to make. Mark Sanchez was not good today. No, he was he a lot of weird anecdotes that were like he called players wrong, like the wrong name multiple times. He said to feed number one when talking about Jaden Reed, who's this is not his number. He just it wasn't good for Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez today, but the one point he did make is that early on in the game, there was a, a curl route from Jane Reed up the middle. And Mark Sanchez was talking about how Jaden Reed needs to needs to run faster at his defender and then put his foot in the ground and turn and t- to catch the ball. But he kind of like just didn't go hard before his before his uh, his cut. And that gave the, uh, the DB an opportunity to break up the pass, which he did. Later in the game, same exact situation and a more crucial spot. I think it was late in the third and they were driving. Jaden Reed full sprints at his defender and turns around for a curl route and catches the ball for a first down. Like, and that was like the exact thing that Mark Sanchez like wanted him to see to improve on his route running. And you saw it plays later in the, in the same game. So that's something that you can just see that someone probably got in his ear on the sideline, told him probably the same thing and it worked out. So I'm just really, really excited to watch um, Jaden Reed and Dante Wick sort of keep going this season and just see how they continue to develop as Jordan Love develops. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also, shout out uh, Luke Musgrave. He had a big day today. Four catches on six targets, or six targets on four catches. Holy moly. Six targets, four catches for 28 yards. Um, Should have had a lot, lot more. Um, Jordan Love missed him over the top uh, down the sideline. And we talked about how he lofts balls so often. And this one was a laser right at Luke Busgrave. And it was just off his fingertips, overthrown a bit. Like that one, he's got to put some air under it. Let him go get it and just go for it. He should have been running, stumbling, and all the way down into the end zone. But... Alas, that had fallen incomplete, but still a good day from Luke Musgrave. Tucker Crafts, uh, two catches for 32 yards. Man, I think we talked about it pre-pod, but that that play where he hurdled and just barely came down out of bounds was was pretty. It, it goes to show you the the development uh, potential that Tucker Craft has just in the in this offense and where this offense could be headed if they have a one-two punch tight end combo of Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Yeah, I thought, I mean, it was already kind of jarring that he was in the game plan as much as he was. I'm looking at snap counts right here. 28 snaps, 11 routes run. Please Um, tell me how many snaps Josiah DeGuar had. One. That's right. Perfect. This is that, (laughs) listen. Ben Sims, 14. All all due respect to Josiah DeGuar. Like, all due respect football player has been a pseudo important part of the team the last couple of years, but watching Tucker craft operate in the desire to role. Chef's guess. It just been, it just, it just been better. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So, uh, we already shout out Willie Keith for his one catch. He had seven yards there. Um, Adrian Dillon did good in the passing game today. Four catches for 32 yards on the same amount of targets. Um, Romeo Dobbs, five catches, 53 yards of the touchdown. Like, that touchdown was so pretty. So pretty. And it was just... We're, I don't want to shortchange his performance because he was it, not just the clinching touchdown, but, again, they got the offense going with him. Early. Some early. Like, like he, was, he was the target guy early, and it was weird. It felt like they almost, like, didn't target him for, like, a, at least two quarters. Well, I mean, Reed getting it going and Wicks making plays. Like, I mean, we're look at. I'm counting it up right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players got at least one catch today. Right. Passing and it around. Passing it around. Um, yeah, like, I, I again, that. The thing about how we saw the offense come out today, and it really was a good initial game planner where you know the scripted plays and everything like that it started with jordan love pushing it down the field making plays making throws mm-hmm. 
it kind of got bungled when it was, okay, let's try to factor in Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon running the ball and all that stuff. And Which is before, weird. It was weird. And I, I, again, I, this is not a Chargers defense that is, you know, a run-stopping dynamo by any means. But again, it, it, <laughs> things change with how we talk about the, run, the running offense for the Packers today just because two of the running backs got hurt. But it wasn't really all that effective no. to start. And I thought, you know, a game where Jordan Love is making 40 attempts and is has to generate all the offense. I mean, we've seen multiple weeks where that does not lead to a victory. If anything, that doesn't lead to 23 points on the board either. No, absolutely not. But now with time, with development, with more chemistry being, you know, generated at Don Hudson Field in the practice center, um, I, I, I like that we can say that, oh, it's such a pass heavy uh you know offense that we've seen today and it worked it, it, i did not feel like they i i i don't like that it to be it or i don't want it to be this way all the time but i like that they stuck with what worked it wasn't trying to factor in everything like that this how the packers played today in terms of getting the ball down the field spreading it out everything like that that worked against this chargers defense that as we went into this game, it's not great in terms of just covering <laughs> wide receivers in general and all that stuff. Right. No, it was definitely an interesting game plan for sure. Yes. Definitely an interesting game plan. But it worked out. So I guess let's move on to the rushers a little bit. Was it me or did you think that AJ Dillon's 29 yards felt like more? Because I, I look at 29 yards, and I was like, man, I thought he had a lot more effectiveness today. He had 32 yards in the receiving game, which I think might be what might be factoring in, because he had only 29 yards, but had 32 yards in the air. So you put those together, quick math, 61 total yards. And so it yeah. just, I think that might be why I felt that he had a bigger impact in the rushing game today. But 14 carries, 29 yards. Overall, I think a good day for AJ Dillon. Yeah, I, I I am kind of surprised at the two, the stat line fourteen twenty nine. But I thought the AJ Dillon things that we saw today were, it's you know run out the gut, extend plays, even if it's just two or three yards. Mm-hmm. Some of it was short yardage gains on third downs or stuff like that. It was more kind of not what we saw earlier in the year, like the Raiders right. game or. Um, What's another game that he struggled in? Any of them. Literally <laughs> any, any of them. them. Maybe the Saints game were The Falcons game. Just, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, again, he was by default that, you know, the most featured running back because there were no other running backs. But I thought AJ Dillon kind of did everything they could to kind of give them a little bit of a if anything, it was like the you could tell by the tempo that they're pushing today especially as they were stringing long drives, they kind of just needed the <laughs> the breather plays. That's like what, how I kind of felt the running plays today, where it's like, yeah. okay, let's get a breather <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> for, they, our, for they, our wideouts. Well, yeah, they ran like pseudo hurry up today, like where they're they snapping did. the ball with Multiple like 20, times. 25 seconds. Well, it's, it, again, it's not even just that. It's We've seen it of it's locking in the defense's 
coverage mm-hmm. and you know yeah. they want to make subs and you can't <laughs> you can't you can't we can play different <laughs> utilize different receivers or sets in different ways and still have the same guy personnel on the field i thought that was very smart in terms of just throwing this defense off balance because it did help in terms of what has been a uh pass rushing or the pass rushers getting home multiple weeks for you know eight or seven in some games they got home to love but they didn't get home to him as often as i was feared yeah today. no absolutely um i think it's time to talk about the sadness in our lives aaron jones goes down with what looks like to be a scary injury did catch a break though it seems um they didn't say how long he'd be out. Matt LaFleur said he doesn't think it's going to be long-term, something more short-term. Um, but then the the real sadness in my life, Emmanuel Wilson, just as he was starting to go, I think might be a dislocated shoulder or a collarbone issue of some sort, but on for all intents and purposes, a pretty tame play by NFL standards goes down after a... Um, a reception, I believe it was for I think for was his, was his lone reception of nine yards, and just sits down on the ground, starts holding his shoulder. And man, when I told you, my heart broke because holy freaking moly, was he like running with some purpose? Uh, his his first three rushing attempts, he had three rushes for twelve yards, and every rush looked pretty good in my opinion. Like he ran two times in a row, and I think then had like a short gain, but. Between that and his nine-yard catch, I was like, "Oh, like this is the succession plan happening right in front of us. Like this is how it's going to be." And of course, I don't want to see Aaron Jones go any more than the next Packers fan. But golly, as if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that Emmanuel Wilson was my guy in training camp, and I think he was he was poised, and that's why he was sta- he kept kept on the roster to really be, I think, the succession plan to Aaron Jones. And for one, two, three, four, five touches. It surely looked like that was sort of what was going on. Even Matt LaFleur said so in postgame that when he was out there, it looked like Emmanuel Wilson was doing some really good really good things. And this is building on the really good things he was doing um, in preseason and over the course of a few carries here and there in, in the regular season. Like it, it really makes me sad, like, like truly sad as a fan of a guy that you really like that he had his opportunity with an unfortunate injured Aaron Jones to go out and do something and prove himself in a game to keep his name in the mix for a roster spot next year and immediately gets hurt. Like that's just, it just stinks. And so here's to hoping it's not a serious injury. He can't come back sometime this season to get some more run, but he didn't seem like he was in too good of spirits on the sideline. Yeah. Um, first on the Aaron Jones thing, he, himself said that they avoided serious injury but is scheduled for an MRI on Monday. Um, he eventually came back on the sidelines during the game uh, before the Packers completed their comeback and a lot of the guys were saying that they were going to win the game for him kind of thing. Um, that is you know, a sigh of relief but we've also known that just because you miss out on the major injury, there could be a minor injury or whatever else kind of comes back with the imaging. I didn't really think it was going to be a torn ACL, but I kind of thought based on how he was tackled and kind of just the funky movement with his leg, I thought maybe it was like a spring MCL kind of thing like that. Yeah. 
We're not out of the woods yet, I would say. Yeah. Amanda Wilson, it sucked. I, I, have, I, have, I have better news. I did a, a simple Google search. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Wood, this is tweeted shortly after the game. Emmanuel Wilson said his left shoulder popped out of its socket in the first half, took him back to oh. the locker room for x-rays during the game. He's looking forward to coming back. Quote, I know physically I'm going to be all right. Woo! Let's go, baby. He's there. back. Ba- he's back, baby. Let's go. Uh, we're not going to see him Thursday, though. <laughs> we won't see him Thursday, but hopefully more this season, at least. Like, if he comes back healthy in a couple weeks and can really just build off of that momentum, two thumbs up. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. Um, Matt Schneidman, if anybody has read his article by now, post game, um, it's centered on Aaron Jones of it all and everything like that. He mentions that Patrick Taylor might be signed from the Patriots practice squad to fill that gap. Really? So, might see an old friend. I wonder who they. I wonder who they'd cut. <sighs> yeah, we'll see. Don't know if that's sourced or anything like that. I, I wouldn't love it, that, frankly. Yeah, I mean, there's only one running back in the practice squad, too. Can you name him? Yeah, it's the dingus. No, it's not James Robinson. <laughs> they they cut him. Um, oh, I know it. It's the dingus. Oh, uh, what's his name? Ellis Merriweather. Oh, no, we didn't cover him. He uh, discovered Oregon in 1853. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I would rather just... Uh, call up Ellis Merriweather to be the backup to AJ Dillon than to sign Patrick Taylor again. Because I think there's a lot of good players. Actually, you know, I lied. You know who they who they can cut? I almost swore, and Ty would have been mad at me. You know who they can cut to get rid of, or to bring Patrick Taylor in? First play of the game. Literally the kickoff. First play of the game? Dallin Levitt. Oh, yeah. Dallin Levitt goes... Keisha Nixon brings it back for like 50 yards as a great start to the game, right? (laughs) Great start to the game. It's like, okay, like, bam, we're moving. Down 11 says, "Uh, excuse me, no, we're not. Has a, I believe, a holding penalty. Holding penalty. As well as a foul foul against an official to put them back to the five-yard line. On what should have been a very... Very uh, good starting field position. I'm trying to find the actual starting field position because I need to be madder than I am. Uh, 30, I think it was the eight. 39 yards. Um, yeah, so he brought it to the 35-yard line. That's crazy. They started the penalty earlier. Yeah. Eight, uh, yeah, looks like to the eight-yard line, which is stupid. 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 So I'm yeah. over Down Levitt. My relationship with Down Levin severed. Relationship with Patrick Taylor rehashed. If that's the, how we want to <laughs> do this. But because, I mean, like, what else does Down Levitt do? It's my biggest thing. If you're going to have Patrick Taylor back, might as well cut an artist, another only special teamer, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that's just the way it has to go. So that's my humble opinion. We'll see. We'll see. They're going to have to cut someone. Clearly, they need a running back. And... I would be just fine if it was down Levitt. But the point yeah, being, I the would... point being back, like getting back to like the point I was going to make is that 
a lot of the players that they they could cut are developing and they're having like good games. You're not cutting you can't cut anybody in the secondary. That would be malpractice. You can't like if they cut Brendan Cox Jr., I'd be very mad. Because even though he does he's inactive most games and isn't in like the top fifty one, why keep him this long if you're just gonna cut him for a guy you already cut, right? Like Patrick yeah. Taylor got cut twice. And so why would you cut Brendan Cox Jr. for a guy you already don't want to have around? Yeah. They're only having him around as for an injury concern. And so, but if you look at like um, Zane Anderson or Anthony Johnson Jr. or like Ennis Gaines or, I mean, that's like just. Ennis Gaines got cut. Oh, yep. My bad. He, he no. got cut already. They signed somebody else, I believe. Caillou Kelly. Yeah. They could cut him, but like, it's not a secondary. He was inactive today, but what do you do? I don't know. I just think that if you're cutting anybody else, you're hamstringing your development. And I think they won't cut Kelly, the new guy, Kaiu Blue Kelly. Could be Deguara. I wouldn't hate that. Jordan with a good idea. You're going to have him. snap. I, <laughs> l- listen, I'm just, I'm, I wouldn't mind that either. I think those are my top two cut candidates, not to be super mean about it all. But if that's the case, yeah, I think that's who you cut is down Levitt or Zayaduara. Yeah. Guys who are either not playing or having a negative impact on the game. <laughs> yes. Or both. Or both. So, um, I think that's all on the offense. I think the offensive line played fairly well today. Jordan Love takes three sacks. I think one of those was for sure his fault. I don't think... Yeah. Um, Cleo Mack got beat pretty hard or got or beat. I think it was Josh Nyman pretty badly one time. Um, yeah, but other than that, I think they played fairly well. I think the trend of Packers scoring touchdowns when Sean Ryan plays guard has continued. So take that for what you may, if that matters mm-hmm. at all, or if that's a correlation causation kind of thing. <laughs> so with that being said, Jordan, shall we move on to the defense? Who played pretty well today. Pretty, pretty well. Yes, let's do it. Chargers held to 20 points. Um, Justin Herbert, 21 of 36, 260 yards and two touchdowns. Um, notably, the the two touchdowns, one of them came from a man named Stone Smart, which is an oxymoron, I believe. Um, smells smart with two T's, which is honestly apropos of the of the comparison <laughs> the comparison it's made um that was a, a tough play jonathan owens made a horrendous attempt at a tackle um was the longest play the packers have let up this season so that's honestly an encouraging stat that i heard from the broadcast to to go through but yeah fit, that was the touchdown to make it 7-3 i believe or 10-3 if I'm not mistaken um, but then the other one, uh, Keenan Allen, we were close, Jordan, 10 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown should have had probably 12 catches for at least 130 and two touchdowns. But the Packers were thankful for drops today. I think that was the biggest thing is that the Packers defense played well, but they definitely got bailed out a few times. Thanks to the bright, bright sun. <laughs> Yes, that uh, that <laughs> the bright bright sun. Well, 
Um, yes. Uh, I'm trying to find a stat as I'm talking here. I should probably just focus on the point that I want to make. No, you're um, good. Yeah, I, again, we feared a shootout. We feared the Chargers being a really high potent offense. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I, that was my guy to watch going into this. He had a woof of a game. 10 carries, uh, 64 yards, a fumble, and 6 yards in the passing game. And two noticeable slips like in the on the Lambeau field. Can we the literal the literal Lambeau field? Can can I make a point quick? Yes. The broadcast was so freaking annoying about the slipping on Lambeau field and about how they they know what it is coming in. It's a big factor that the Packers get to play on the Lambeau field grass every week and that other teams don't. Doc, this 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 stadium is a hundred years old. Not literally, like figuratively. <laughs> but the field itself has been known for years to be slippery. This isn't yeah. a this isn't a new thing. And honestly, there were two players that had problems today. One of which was Austin Eckler. The yes. only other player that I think that you could have made a a argument that had a slight trouble with the field was when Romeo Dobbs blew a tire on that like bubble screen. He was like, yeah. you know, yeah, he got like three yards slipped, and then I think it was like a second down or something. But regardless, no one else had the problem. There was no snow, there was no rain, there was no nothing. You know, all it was was just Austin Eckler slipping, and that just happens sometimes. It happens all the time, frankly. And that isn't a Lambeau Field issue. That is a Austin Eckler issue because nobody else had problems today. None of the receivers did. Justin Herbert didn't. Jordan Love didn't. It, that's just a single Austin Eckler problem, and it made me angry. And I'm sorry to interrupt your thought. Um, yes. Uh, just Austin. The the the. I guess the. I'll, I'll continue. Not with this point, but is in general. I think the theme of the defense today was making good plays, limiting receptions. While also getting bailed out. Like, they had a lot of plays they got bailed out on. The first drive, when Donald Parham Jr. just flat out dropped it, when there were four cornerbacks in front of him in the box, and he was wide open over the middle, the sun got him there. Thank you, Mr. Sun. Sun Ra. Sun Ra. Amon Ra, Sun God. Yep, all that good stuff. Um... Later in the game, Keenan Allen, same thing, over the middle, drops a pass that hit him. In the end zone. In the end zone, hit him square in the chest, into the sun. Like, I think that was just all it was because I think he missed time because he couldn't freaking see the ball. So, yeah. good spot that way. Quinton Johnson, towards the end of the game, when they finally take a deep shot against Carrington Valentin, he rolls through his hands, hits his knee, and then goes off into the the, the void of wherever that ball went. Like, <laughs> That's a big drop. Like there were, there are watershed moments of this game, like being way different. Had those plays worked out, I think if well, if Keenan Allen catches a touchdown, it's then twenty seven twenty three as a final. Yes. If if 
Quinton Johnson catches that ball in the fourth quarter, he might have gone all the way. He was wide open. Yes, he was. That was dangerous. Right. And so, like, <laughs> then, again, if he catches that, it's 27-23. Packers need to go down and score again. It was – they they played well. They didn't play pretty good. <laughs> they just played well. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Ben Don't Brink mantra that they had. I mean – not even just the six drops that PFF charted for the Chargers wide receivers today, which is basic. Um, did we anticipate the Chargers going one for four in the red zone? No. Like and I... that, one, that one success was the end, near, or near the end when they went up 20-16. Yeah. They they got down the field. They, got, they did everything possible. They had drops go against their way. They had Sacks going against their way or just incompletions like they were moving the ball. They were, they were how we how we've talked about um, Packers last week against Steelers. That's how they were playing. Um, yeah, I I don't know. We just talked about the the cosmic uh, fandom of being a Charger or you know liking the Chargers uh, for the preview, but that. There are just things that happen. The Chargers charger. Like, that's all it was. It does not make sense, but it does. uh, As sure-handed of a wide receiver that that plays today, Keaton Allen, for three quarters was not good. Like, he had his – he got what he he wanted. Yeah, he got a couple, but it it wasn't a lot of, like, big plays. It was stuff off to the edge that was getting out of bounds. But then, yeah, in the fourth quarter, he had a couple pretty big plays that kick-started that touchdown drive. Yeah. But, yeah, I – <laughs> I I don't want to give the defense a pass because it shouldn't get come down to well you only forced a field goal mm-hmm. like that is I that would is good. say that's always been the case with the defense this year right there have been games where they've done more than just that mm-hmm. but you know when it comes down to it they've they've been a good Renzo defense this year and a game like today helps further that cause even if they didn't necessarily force the issue um in that way <laughs> right um worth noting packers win the time possession battle 31 58 to 28.2 um offensive plays the packers um had more plays 71 to the charger 62 i think this is the point we're making total offensive yards the packers only had three more total yards than the chargers did 397 to 394 it was yes. Like the the Chargers were moving the ball all day long, in no small part to Justin Herbert being able to scramble all day long today. Like that was like I'm not gonna say triggering, but like I was getting flashbacks to the Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick era where they would just thrash us and not be able to contain. But yeah, Justin Herbert, seventy three yards. He was their leading rusher. So Yeah. Like it just goes to show his talent. I think um, I want to go through like the 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 positions a little bit. Um, as we mentioned, the secondary didn't play like terribly. I thought Carrington Val- Valentine and Corey Valentine played fairly well given their matchups. Um, obviously, they both had a couple of mistakes that were thankfully not cashed by the uh, Chargers offense. But um, I thought Owens played fine. He had that big missed tackle, but. I think he had a couple other plays that were noteworthy. Um, and yeah, I, I I just think they played just fine. Quay was back. 
good to have Quay back, no Jair, but and it goes to Valentine and Valentine being there was no rotation. I, I went into this game maybe thinking, hey, we'll see some snaps from Robert Rochelle. I only saw him on the sideline. Yeah. I don't really think I saw him at all. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, that this secondary was pretty locked in. There was no rotation or anything like that. I can't really ask for much more. Kelly Ballantyne has actually been kind of impressive to me. I think he's been more steady. Carrington Ballantyne is very obvious when he, you know, defends a passer. Yeah. Limits a guy to a very short yardage gain. Or he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. Yes, he's a quarterback. <laughs> he's he's learned from the Jair <laughs> Alexander school. Um, but Corey Ballantyne, I think he's made some really good plays. And, you know, it's since Razul has been traded and Jair has been in on the out lineup increasingly over this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we just need kind of a sure-handed guy. Even if he's just kind of a, you know, not a glamorous, um, you know, profile in terms of just being a high draft pick or anything like that of the last couple of years. So kudos to him. Right. No, absolutely. Um, Devontae Campbell goes out with an injury. I didn't see him come back in. He might have. I don't think he did, though. I don't um, think so either. Hopefully he's okay. Like, that. Like this game was a war of attrition when it came to injuries, man. It sucked. <laughs> yes. It sucked. Um, JJ Anibari had a really big play in this game. I think he played well. Um, Rashawn Gary finally gets home and uh, gets a sack when it really mattered late in the game. Like, I think... Um, they only had two sacks, or Justin Herbert only took two sacks. Yeah, two sacks for um, 16 yards, one of which was Rashawn Gary. The other was Carl Brooks early in the game. Like That was it just big. A, right, it was big. I think it was the first or second drive, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm just a big fan of how the, the, um, the front seven really got home today. Not got home, but had a lot of pressures. I'm trying to see if... Um, I now I don't have pressures on ESPN's box score, but yeah, well, it's a way with P- PFF data, probably. Yeah, but I thought there was a lot there. Preston Smith had pressures today for sure. Carl Brooks obviously got his. Devontae White, Kenny Clark. Like I think there was Devontae. Oh my God, he was barely down. And just Justin Herbert just kind of like sidestepped him. Really, yeah, it wasn't even like a juke or like a sidestep. It was like. I would run this angle. That was the one thing that frustrated me is like, there are a lot of poor angles of like, you could have the tackle there and you see. Yeah. You know, just get a couple more. For what it's worth, your point earlier, uh, Robert Rochelle had one tackle, so he must have played a little bit. He must have played a little bit. Okay. Yep. Whether that's on special teams or defense, it just says defensive. That could be it. That might so, be it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was on the field today. Um. Oh, I'm going to gush for a second. Lucas Van Ness is a strong man. Do you remember the play when Austin Eckler went off the left end and uh, Quay and Lucas Van Ness were going to tackle Austin Eckler? And Austin Eckler threw off Quay because Austin Eckler is also a very strong man. And, and you saw Austin Eckler trying to like push Lucas Van Ness I upfield think I know and he wasn't going anywhere. It was a polite yeah. escort to the sideline from Lucas Van Ness to Austin. <laughs> he goes, yes, you can keep trying to move those feet. You are coming right this way, sir. Thank you. I was like, I had it on my nose. I said, wow, Lucas Van Ness is strong. Cause he like hit Lucas Van Ness pretty square and <laughs> he didn't go anywhere. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. So yeah, I, I, I think like, they they just played well. I think 
there's obviously stuff to be built upon. They're, they can't play and give up the mistakes they did today against the Lions. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown and company are way more sure-handed and not as mistake-prone as somebody wearing a Chargers jersey is. But I, I, I can't have too many complaints today. The The front got home, like I had been asking the last few weeks. Um, backers played well. Jonathan Owens led the team in tackles, according to ESPN. Not surpri- I'm not surprised that he led... In tackles, I mean, yeah, kind of. We've seen Rudy Ford kind of t- take that mantle too throughout the game, yeah, throughout the season. Um, yeah, it was it was really good seeing Quay out there. I thought he made his presence known early on, and then it kind of meandered as the Chargers put together drives. But a lot of the stuff over the middle that was frustrating, Quay Walker could have had a you know not having Quay could have made that even a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and again. We talked about Austin Eckler being a big factor, and he's having a down year. This is it. There's reasons why there it was a down year to or down game today, but I thought the you know how we could have feared the Packers getting burned by him, especially didn't really materialize. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. Um, I'm trying just to think of any other. Um... Yeah, you know, players that we should talk about. Kenny Clark, I think although we gave him enough credit, had the big SWAT at the end of the game to seal it up and um finalize the Packers victory. Um I think it was either the broadcast or Matt LaFleur, whoever it was. Um I think it was I think it was actually post game in the in the in the post game conference. One of the reporters had asked um Matt LaFleur about Kenny Clark's like not reasoning, what's the word? Um what he means to the team. And they even said, like, yeah, he doesn't really rack up the stats some weeks, but he's always, like, there doing his job. And I think that's, like, mm-hmm. the epitome of today's today's game. He had one tackle and one pass deflection. And if you didn't know any better, you would just kind of blow it off unless you didn't watch the game. But his pass deflection came at the most important time in the game. And I believe yeah. his tackle was a tackle for – it wasn't it wasn't a tackle for a loss in the spreadsheet or in the stat sheet, but I think it was a meaningful tackle from what I remember him being involved. He also forced yeah. the fumble along with Preston Smith. Like yes. he was in there today. He played very well. And so seeing him really come, I guess, come full circle into being a, a star on this defense is important. He was, he had a lot more, I think, statistical impact in years prior. I'm not sure if you agree with that, but I feel, I feel like I'm not too far off with that. No, I think I would say, that, say so. It's, Definitely, like the sacks have gone down, which isn't a bad thing. Like as long as you can get sacks other ways, but he hasn't been as dominant up the middle to centers and guards getting home as he has in years past. And his presence alone changes how you scheme blocking. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about him pressuring quarterbacks necessarily, but if he's getting doubled by a lineman, hey, how does other guys you know beat one on ones that way? That's kind of how I view Kenny in terms of his overall influence on the game of, you know, you're going to have to put two guys on him occasionally or more than occasionally and see how the other Packers pass rushers can get home. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Daniel Whalen hit an absolute monster of a, of a punt um, today. He did really well in the punting game. I think he only had, I think, a couple of them. Four, four punts, my apologies. Um, 193 yards, his long was 61. He had two inside the 20. So good stuff that way, Daniel Whalen. 
Do we Andres. talk Andres? We can. So the field goal, I'm not blaming on him. It was no, that was long. It, it was long to begin with, and the intentional grounding after the false start didn't help it. And so that's right. Yes, yes. They were slated to give him a, um, I think it was a 52 yarder. They were slated to give him like 40 ish. Yeah, 38 in that kind of like middle range, and then a penalty pushes him back. A false start, I believe, on um, Nyman or Walker. I think it was one of the tackles, um, and then. The intentional grounding on third down when Jordan Love was facing down a sack and just threw it literally straight into the ground. So that that miss stinks. He has to stop missing extra points. Like this is the second game in a row. For twenty. Yeah. Uh it maybe yes. maybe he has to stop as a little strong. I just it, it feels more significant when it's two weeks in a row that a missed extra point plays a huge, huge spot in this game. Yes, because last week they had a score for a touchdown. Rather than kick a, rather than kick a field goal to tie it. Today they had a score for a touchdown to win. They win. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I it agree just, with you. Yeah, um, I will say eighty-two point four percent on the season, fourteen for seventeen. I'm looking at the splits right now. All three of his misses have come from forty yards or more. He's over two on forty to forty-nine yard. That's fine. Goals. I'm fine with him yeah, missing yeah. field goals that are deep. I have no problem yeah. with that. He's a he's a rookie. He's got the leg for it. Getting the aim down was always going to be the point of this season and just the point of his career. Just getting that that targeting down essentially. But on on extra points, you just have to be automatic. I know it's longer than it used to be, but missing two in this fashion and the way it has to be, I just yeah. it, it just makes it feel more significant when you can look at the example right here. Like, hey, if you make that, this changes the entire complexity of this game. Yeah. And I think that's where it just feels a little heavier, right? And so I think he's done well this season. I just want him to make extra points. He's having a little dip. He's having a little dip. We're going to continue to trust the leg. And, you know, I saw that. Alrighty, Jordan. Tree wrap up. I must want to talk about. I don't think. Let's just hope. Let's hope the Packers are healthy. It's a short week, very short week. Um, I I want to see a good game on Thanksgiving. I want to see a good performance. I don't want to see a laugher. It might be a laugher, but we'll have all of that analysis for you on Tuesday or Wednesday when we come into your podcast feeds with that Lions Packers preview. For now, you have to listen to some promos about the wonderful Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, you can find all our pods at gspn.info. You can find me at Known on Twitter, at Jordan Tresky. Uh, for Jordan on Twitter, at WatchGSPN on both TikTok and Instagram. Um, for Bucks News, go visit Ty and Rohan and Jordan Adam on the on the, the Bucks feed for win in six and rather Eurostep and win in six. Make sure I have the names in the proper orders and all that kind of stuff. Um the uh, the Bucks defense is coming up. Uh Adrian Griffin, still the head coach, through apparently a lot of people's surprise. So go check out analysis about all of that because Lord knows that the 
Bucks are good. They are, I think, nine and four now after having beat the Dallas Mavericks um, in a game in which they had led pretty thoroughly throughout the first half and then lost it in the third and then came back in the fourth. So good thing they play four quarters in that one. You can go check out all the Brewers news and hate Craig Council with the rest of us, just like Adam and Andrew did for cruising for a bruising. Um, they can also dive deep into the Pat Murphy hire and how he will, I guess, succeed Craig Council as well as Ricky Weeks's role in all this as the new, not bench coach, but whatever new... Associate manager. Thank you. So, glad to have Ricky Weeks back in the system. He is still yoked. It's crazy. Just the most muscly dude ever just thick boy so really excited to see how Ricky Weeks develops um, on the bench that way like I said go check out Cruising for a Bruising and also hosted by Adam and Andrew is make time for this go check out their episodes on Killers of the Flower Moon and their top 10 Scorsese films I finally saw Killers of the Flower Moon and Jesus effing Christ go watch the movie because it's amazing. Mm. So is their episode on the episode by or on the movie, by the way. <laughs> so go watch the movie. And then as you're still processing what you have seen, take a breath, type in make time for this into your search bar, and then click the second most recent episode. So with all that being said, thank you everybody so much for listening. Short week this week. We'll be back in your feeds, likely on Wednesday morning. And then we will have TBD for how we're recording on Thanksgiving Day uh, in that episode. So stay tuned. As Could it be to... recorded inside of a turkey? I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> inside of a turkey. <laughs> he said, stuffing inside there? No, it's not going to tundra. <laughs> it's not going to tundra. It's a blue snowball. <laughs> All right, you folks. Like we said, thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you.